does it feel so strange? You know, shooting the bullet. You're catching it. Whoa. All right, everybody, we're live from Chicago. We're Matt and Bob. We're here to pod. You're, of course, listening to the Analysis. Bob, where do we begin? We're uh, I, I'm in your lovely studio here, by the way. Welcome we're, to the studio. Yeah, we're on the air. Let's get this on one. the air. We're going to turn the light. Oh, the light was go. on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're my first person that's ever been in my recording studio, which some looking at it might think is a walk-in closet. Yeah, I was. I had that uh, thought. <laughs> but, no, in fact, it's a professional recording studio. So, Clearly, yeah, yes. of course. Uh, some of my some of my acoustic foam was stolen <laughs> from my porch so, from Amazon, but the, the insulation has hit a insulation snag. Insulation has hit a little bit of a snag, but, but we've got the foam up here. We're, we're bouncing the from, we're we're bouncing, the, some good levels. Yeah, got some good bounce going. So, so uh, all right. So yesterday, me and you went to a movie theater. We saw the big release of the year, Tenet. Yeah. Um, man, where do we start? Uh, what, what was your uh, Looking back on the the experience yeah, of being back wanna, in a theater. What, do we want to talk about uh, theater experience first and how yeah, COVID is always going to be linked to the release of this movie in some way or another? Yeah, or do we want to sure. break down whatever the fuck happened in that movie? Well, I mean, let's talk about it. So walking into the theater, it, you know, it's a somewhat surreal. Um, people are on their toes. I mean, this place has been open for a week already, but we go in there. There's a nice old man. Welcome back. And never seen yeah. in this theater ever. But uh, went to the Regal uh, City North 14. Is that what it's called? Yeah, in in a neighborhood in Chicago here. Yeah. And there's like, there was like the two of us. There was like another couple. There was like never really more than four people. Yeah, so we're around. in this 300-seat auditorium, which is called the RPX, which is the Regal Experience. Premium Experience. Regal Premium Experience. So you've got this giant uh, auditorium, and we are one of maybe 12 people that are scattered about in there. So it's actually, it made me feel, in terms of COVID and safety and everything, I felt... (laughs) Oh, There's yeah, no yeah. more safe way to watch a movie than I, that. I don't know why people are so afraid of these movie theaters. I mean, okay, yeah, if they were packing them in, but it's like there are less people per square foot than yeah. any restaurant in any city right now. And concessions were open, but people were more than six feet apart from each other waiting for concession. It was, yeah, like if you're if you're going to go out to the restaurant at all or even the grocery store, you have, in terms of our experience yesterday which was on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, it's you have more of a chance of catching COVID in line at the grocery store than yeah. you do sitting in that movie theater. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you know, it's it's people's personal uh, level with what they're comfortable yeah. with and that, you know, they're the fear. And what that's going to look like on a Friday or a Saturday in an yeah, evening so time slot, it's obviously going to be a fuller theater, so that's going to... And as the days tick on, it'll be fuller and fuller. I think they're operating at a 25% capacity max in yeah. terms of what tickets in they terms can sell. Of ticket you can sell. Anytime you buy a ticket, it creates two seats of social gapping. Yeah. Um, and I think every other row is blocked off. I mean, it's a, it feels very spread out. Uh, so we went at a 5 p.m. showing on a Wednesday midweek. So, again, uh, you kind of got to pick your spot. So we we were the only ones in the theater right up until the movie was starting. And then, like, 
like a group of two, which is like all the other end of the aisle, and then there was like a group of three, like six yeah. rows up. But yeah, eight, six to eight people max in there. But you know, in terms of the movie's release, there was several movies throughout the course of the summer that just kept getting either postponed or delayed. I think Bond was that was the big ship the to big fall. one that that first fell. But you know, Tenet was always kind of the the one to watch because that seemed like it was going to be the one that was Bringing the first back. movie to be brought back and yeah. no one was pretty vocal about it. And it's so I, I think that's going to be part of the significance. And I, and I don't know how much I'm going to link this, whether I watch this movie 10 years from now and reflect on that this was the first movie that I saw uh, after kind of the, the COVID outbreak had hit America. But I, I do think that it's going to have traces of that memory. It'll be inextricably linked. Yeah. And what's kind of cool about the movie, not not so this is going to be spoiler free, I think, and then we'll kind of do like an announcement when we want to dive deep. Yeah, when we when we start to do our spoilers, we'll make a spoiler yeah. announcement. But you know, it's kind of interesting that there's like a a, a heavy part of this film where they're in masks and yeah. that, you know somewhat unintentional from a, the writing of it, but uh, it did feel sort of very in the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess with that, we'll we'll lead into the movie. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. I, I'm not sure if I watched a uh, a masterpiece jigsaw, visually stunning, or just like a complete mess. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what to it's, think about it. So, so it's it's technically incredibly sound and awe-inspiring in certain points in terms of what he's able to do with the camera. Yeah, but for for that, it's very Chris Nolan, and for me, it's even his most complicated movie. Oh, it honestly far. makes Inception look like Toy Story in terms yeah. of in terms of what's happening in the plot, how people relate to each other, and and I guess that's where I'll start. Is Chris Nolan has always been kind of it's it's the visuals first, uh, outside of maybe Dark Knight for me. It's 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 normally like visuals, um, scenery, suspense, kind of like all of the technical aspects of a movie are really sound, and then you're kind of missing um, plot and character in some of these movies for me. Yeah. And that, that's just where he, he puts plot first and, and character and dialogue very much second, and, and I'm a very dialogue and character forward person. So. Right. Usually the dialogue is just moving exposition along. Yeah. And while we're on that real quick, I just have to mention that like the score is usually my favorite part of the... It's second maybe to visuals, but like the Hans Zimmer stuff. So Hans Zimmer was doing Dune, so we, we got the guy that did Black Panther to do this. Yeah, Coolers guy. Um, and then it's incredible, but... But, but you can also, closing your eyes, it feels like a Hans Zimmer score. Yeah, it, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but but at the same time, the sound mixing with the dialogue, which is so uh, ex, you know, um, exposition heavy and so specific and technical, I couldn't make it out. Like I, It's like hard to hear. 30, like everything's over walkie-talkie and through masks, and you're like, what the hell is going on? Who... Who are yeah. these people? What is the what is this plan? What's this pincer movement? What, Who, yeah, what, what is their motivation? Yeah. Like a lot of so so he takes his time and he he explains the inversion and, and the time travel and they, and they kind of take their time in some of those moments and, and you get your head around it a little bit, but then for the time that he's taking on how that process works and introducing that. He takes almost no time in terms of world building or like character or like motivation and like some of the things that like to me are pretty 
elemental to set up a movie. You're not really getting a lot of that. And so an hour into the movie, like oh, you said... Oh, so hold on. I mean, let, let's just back up a minute real quick, and we can we can get, yeah. get into the plot points. Let's back it up. Let's invert ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back in time. Because um, we we're, were talking about Nolan in general, and, um, and I mean, so what you said Dark Knight wasn't super visually. I, I just remember... That's kind of my favorite use of the IMAX camera when it's kind of goes full and you see the skyline of Chicago. And you see the the, the guys uh, berating or uh, ziplining zip across. Ziplining up, the, yeah. Uh, that that was one of the like, oh shit! I'm so glad I'm seeing this in IMAX. Like, Nolan is Nolan the only guy that you like have to go to see. He's the only mo- like must see it in an IMAX experience type of thing. Yeah, to and me. so we did the Regal equivalent, but I. I I would be interesting. It would be interested to see if any shots go full IMAX if they filmed on the cameras. He usually films seventy millimeter, and then they kind of expand that out to IMAX, right? Digitally, I don't mm. know. But uh, I mean, this movie requires what? I think you said I'm gonna have to see this like thing six. Yeah, times. it's a it's a multiple watcher, and I honestly think it's invented to fuck with people that watch movies while also being on their cell phone. Like, oh my god! If you, you try imagine to watch, try to watch this at home, the people like, that are gonna plug into this movie and yeah. watch it on their Amazon Prime or whatever in like yeah. three or four months, and you know they're they're gonna try to like get up and make a sandwich or something. It's just there's no fucking way you can watch this no. movie without absolutely being dialed into what's happening. If you don't turn your phone off when you fire this thing up, you're you're, you're done. You're, you're done. cooked. Yeah, and because there's moments that are passing, and it's like a shot of a string on a backpack. And the char- the character just kind of takes that in for a second, and then we're we're moving on with the story. But that that moment's going to become uh, ultra significant later. E- in the movie. Everything is and, seemingly yeah. important, and they they drop you in almost like in the middle, mm-hmm. and you're like, what is going on? Who? Wh- what is this society? Who is this guy? This unnamed protagonist. His yeah. name is simply protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I mean, it, so it's like it's Christopher Nolan doing. Bond in the Inception universe, I feel like. It's like the secret agent trying to prevent World War III. Uh, yeah, which, which is, is ironic because we were just talking about James Bond yeah. being canceled in April, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, yeah, it's Chris Nolan's Bond, so it's a spy movie. It's a spy movie. All right, so let, let's cut this here. So uh, at, from this point on, we'll get into plot point specific. Yeah. We'll do spoilers. Uh, I, I finally, I, I think this movie is impossible to spoil. There's no, like big reveal there's no like oh memento it, it, he, it yeah. he's going back in time he's going mm-hmm. backwards or whatever there's no like it's no sixth sense there's no like one thing that ruins it it's just like i don't even know how i could ruin this movie for somebody but having said that uh if you don't want to hear anything specific i would just cut it here and then go see it but yeah. um anyway moving forward so we we drop in the secret agent there's like this opera scene they're obviously doing some sort of a extraction mission. Yeah. Um, some important guy in a box watching this opera. There's there's a gunman that are trying to hold him hostage, and then these these secret agents disguise themselves as a police raid. Yeah. Party so they're to get him out. they're agents within they're secret agents within a police raid. Yeah. So they're a separate team. Right. Um, and they're wearing it, fake badges, fake fake patches. Yeah. And I, while they're doing the extraction. People from the past, inverted agents who are mixed in around there, are kind of pre-playing, or they're at least operating, knowing kind of what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, and so you he's getting been... information that he doesn't—he's not aware of Tenet yet, and he's getting information from some of these uh, guys that are kind of like pro- pro- projecting the future. Yeah, well, what did you understand as Tenet being? Because I thought maybe that was his name for a minute. 
I think tenet is the code word that gets him to understand inversion. So, so tenet is like the the algorithms they're look they're looking for to piece together. I I, I tenet's almost... just the name of the mission. I thought. Oh, okay. So like okay. when so so because it's a palindrome. He gets yeah. You know? So so they so he extracts somebody out of the um into the van. And they find out that someone along that mission is actually a double agent. And that's right. when he gets his teeth pulled out in the, the railroad. Because he's been given up. Yeah, okay. But that itself, the the inside man, wasn't actually an inside man. He was like a, he was somebody working for a company in the in the future, and it was actually a test to, to see if this person was credible enough to be allowed into some yeah, sort of Yeah, so mission. that's what I didn't... So did that opening mission, was that just... A ruse to test the what's his name Don Don David David uh, John David Washington John David Washington. So the opening mission was a real mission. Uh-huh. The capturing of him and his his per his his coworker. Okay. And and the interrogation of them to give up the rest of their team. That was a double cross to to test to see who to was recruit him. Go, uh, to recruit it's him. almost like so what, the first guy failed. Yeah, the right? first guy failed after eighteen minutes of getting his teeth pulled. Yeah, the second John David Washington by, by going off. to commit suicide actually passes. So they know in the future. They know in the future how this is going to go down and that they're going to be able to extract that person. But okay. they want to see if this person is, is I gotcha. worthy enough. So protagonist was just simply a uh, an agent. An agent within there that passes a test. That to passes get to yeah. get his own sort of thing and, yeah. and, and, and kind of recruited into a higher calling, if you will. That's at least my understanding. Yeah. Now, now you're dropped in and, and the bullets are firing and you don't know what the fuck is going on yeah. or who's who's. And you've got this blaring music. Yeah. yeah. It's just and we're in this RPX and it's it's really the experience not to do a quick plug for Regal or anything but the I actually do think our experience with the sound especially was heightened by being in this. It movie. is also $6 less than the IMAX ticket yeah. at least at the theater. With a the screen that's relatively the same. Relatively size. the same and like 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 I said it, it, if if you're not filming with the IMAX cameras, you're never going to go full IMAX anyway. So yeah. you kind of have to do a little research to figure out if it's worth it. If it's just 70 millimeter, the RPX experience with the 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 sound was kind of like coming at you from like four dimensions. I yeah, felt like it, it was, was cool. It was a really great surround sound. Um, so then, so then he gets so he gets part of this. He gets uh, added into this mission. And that's when he goes and he does the kind of the James Bond moment where he's understanding like how Tenet works and how you know yeah. bullets can be fired. Where essentially work. we have uh, what's her name from uh, Glorious Bastards kind uh-huh. of doing the the Q routine. Yeah, like, uh, this is an inverted bullet. Okay, well where do these come from? What what what? How do uh-huh. you make these? And then that's never really explained. I, I, people from the future have just sent yeah, them backwards. Yeah, so you kind of find out that this female scientist from the future has created a machine or what they call an algorithm to invert the past and allow you to kind of uh, work backwards um, through different moments through these portals. Is that So those portals are the machines she's created? That's, that's part of like a... a time, time traveling... That time. are kind but of the, hidden in different so there's, parts... So the, the the algorithm though the big the big thing that that, that yeah. we we come to understand at the end, um, she immediately it's almost like the blasting cap yeah or, or, so but the the scientist in the future regrets make you never meet her yeah but she regrets making it and so she breaks up the machine into nine different pieces and hides them through different parts of 
they of the past. Highest so, in the world will never be discovered or something, yeah. right? And so uh, Kenneth Branagh, who just goes fucking nuts in terms of his character and his, I, his ash, I actually kind of enjoyed it. He was like a Bond villain. For sure, and he plays a very believable. He, Russian, some some yeah. guy that has some sort of a pancreatic cancer, and because he's dying, and so he he's such a possessive, maniacal yeah. douchebag, and he wants to fucking end the world like yeah. any Bond villain does. Yeah, and so he is hired by a different company who sees um, uh, an opportunity. He's hired to go back in time and find out all the or find all the pieces or collect all the pieces. Oh, so Kenneth Branagh's character is hired? Or He's hired from a company in the future. Okay. To to use to use the inversion to go back and he's trying to collect the pieces to make the fucking machine. I gotcha. Also, because what happened was, and Robert Pattinson explains this, um, in the future, like the world is in decay and dying of global warming. So what they're trying to do is blow up the past so that it will change the course of them in the future. Right. And so, and that's when he's like, he's talking and they're about to do the bungee jump. It's and almost like, like a Thanos thing, yeah, right? It's a little bit like that. Where it's, it's like some guy in the future is like, man, it sucks. The, the world is overpopulated, like global warming. Uh, we need to like, yeah. We need to call the population. Let's find some rich guy who's about to die that can kind of like do this for us yeah. and, and kind of blow up the world. And so... And they're like, and John David Washington's like, is that even going to work? And they're like, well, they don't really have any options. So they're like, we might as well try. Yeah. And even if it erases us, like, we might as well give it a shot. But then that obviously is going to change the trajectory of everyone that's in that present. The grandfather paradox. The, yeah, right? that's what they're talking it, about. If they succeed, we should be disappearing right now. I exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so... And so, but, like, Brana has, like, a separate agenda in that he just wants to kill everything in his timeline so that, like, the world ends with him because he's a self-possessive, like, Yeah, if I don't get to Russian enjoy guy. life, no one else does. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, what that mission is. And so then, at, like, as John David Washington is, like, moving forward through this, like, different characters are kind of working backwards from that. Uh-huh. And you find out at the end, like, Robert Pattinson is actually kind of like a Kyle Reese. Like, he's coming... Um, like he's aware of like what's happening in the future and he's coming back to help John David Washington who's moving forward. Which you time. don't really realize until the very end because like uh, you get to the end of the movie and you're like, wait a minute, yeah, wh- when did we introduce Robert Pattinson? He just kind of appears. He just shows up, yeah, <laughs> yeah. with like a lot of like pre-knowledge. Yeah, and so yeah. you're thinking like me the whole time knowing spy movies and I'm like, oh, Pattinson's like, He's a double crosser. Like that's the whole, and that that's a cool thing that Nolan does is he he like teases it that that he might be double crossing you, but really he just uh, he he has all this. So like one moment that like was a huge red flag for me was when um, both of them are fighting a dude in in um, that comes out of that revolver uh, it, in that in that one moment. Um, yeah, well, in the in the Freeport. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're 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 doing hand combat, and he's like, "What happened to the guy you were fighting?" And he was like, "Oh, I I, I took care of took him. care of yeah. him." And it's like, "Yeah, right." Like, I want to be able to see, and then you find out it was actually uh, John David Washington, like working back through time. And, and the whole thing is that like the everyone keeps little parts of the truth. Uh, and it's kind of like their um, it's it's their value, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, you're not going to tell me this, no. Because, like, everyone has like their little secret that they're holding on to because you can't really trust who's coming from where. And 
the the thing I didn't really understand is like by the end of the movie we have these like this this war zone and like uh-huh. who are all these people these these conjoined armies and who are they fighting? It's almost like a Bond movie where like just chaos. Well, yeah. well, and and also like this villain has just an army of mercenaries, these faceless people that just show up. Like yeah, where where does this army come from? Well, yeah, because then you've got his army. Yeah, but he's in a different time. Like he's even farther in the past in this Vietnam trip with his wife, right? Where is that supposed to take place, That's that, a, that final scene? So that final scene is is at the location where the algorithm's going to be dropped. Some and the burial site, right? Yeah. Uh, do you remember where that was? I, I, I can't I can't think. remember, like, the location yeah. in the world it is, but Aaron Taylor Johnson, his character... The, the bearded, like, I think his name's, like, Vice or Ice or Vickers something. Or yeah, Vicar or... Isaacs or something. But anyway, he, he's he got kind of these, like, time soldiers. And so, like, that whole concept, and, and I'm probably understanding this wrong because it's very complicated but also very cool, yeah. is that he's sending half of his team in in the future and half of them 50 minutes later in the past, and it's going to create, like, a 10-minute window where they're able to based on the experience of the guys in the future, like, see the windows where they can get into that fucking bunker. Right, So it's right, like right. a ten-minute window where they're, like, the guys in the working backwards are able to see what's what's going to happen in the future, and they're able and to, like, it, slip in. And then, yeah, man, it's like a paintball match where it's like you have the red... Uh, yeah, because that's how Nolan's able to get it. And Nolan's, blue. like, he does little things like that to kind of help you out where it's like, if you're, if you're inverted, you always have to have a mask on. So because like I was inverted. Because I was inverted, <laughs> Top Gun. But if you're inverted, you're, like, always wearing a mask because of the oxygen and the way it's, like, fucking with your lungs and shit. So then, then you're able to see, like, when John David Washington has a mask, it's like, oh, okay, he, that's the inverted John David Yeah, Washington. right, because he can't breathe when going backwards. Yeah. Man, but it's so then, like, so much to unpack. And then, like, the, the Red Army and the Blue Army is like, okay, the Blue Army is inverted, the Red Army is actually, like, moving forward in the future. And then Robert Pattinson is able to kind of save the whole thing by switching halfway through and from, from going backwards to going forwards. So he's able to slip ahead of time and kind of open this door, but then he ends up dying. So he, yeah, but, so but he's he, got to, but then he, he, because he's going backwards, he's then alive again, but he's got to do the whole thing over repeatedly. Uh-huh. So he's just yeah. in this loop of like constantly killing himself. He's in a constant loop. Yeah. Yeah. It's so wild. But also knowing that he has lived a full life in like, moving forward, because at the end of the movie, he's like, this is the beginning, this is actually the beginning of our story. Yeah, not like Bond has a sidekick, but I guess it's like the the, the Felix character, yeah. where they, they've had all these missions together, uh, collaborating, and then yeah. at the end of the movie, it's like, he's a, we, we've just met, how, how do you know all this stuff? Well, you're just at the beginning, uh-huh. I've known you for years, yeah. you're like my best friend. <laughs> but then he can't reveal that to him at this moment. It's so, man, it, it requires at least two or three rewatches. Yeah, like, I've got to go back and watch, like, some of the... Di- and it's, like, these, like, little moments that seem relevant are, st- to, like, th- they're happening and passing, and you're just kind of, like, trying to take in as much information as possible because, me at least, I'm trusting Nolan. Like, I'm going, okay, 45 minutes in, I don't know what the fuck is happening. I think I've, like, recorded enough information yeah. to understand where you're going to try to play. Like, I'm just trying to take it in because I know you're not just going to leave me in a fucking I know, right? confusing mess. I feel like so many people are going to be so frustrated and turn it off. They're just going to give time. up. Yeah. And I honestly, for those people, I don't 
blame you. I felt the same way, right? I'm like, when is this going to click? What the fuck is going on? And uh, that final for like act, an hour. That final act gives you some payoff. Yeah. And and I guess before like we 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 go more into the rabbit hole of this plot, like I do want to say it to me and we were talking after the after the film off air, but it felt like how Mission Impossible sometimes will think about a stunt exactly, and then work yeah. the plot into the stunt. Like, we're going to have Ethan strapped to the side of a plane that's taking off. Like, how can we, like, build the plot to where that's going to make make sense? And it's like, I honestly feel like Chris Nolan started with, okay, I want to have a building uh, reassembling itself as it's blowing up. How can I make a movie where that fucking happens? Yeah, you I, know what I mean? Like, I want to do the Matrix Reloaded uh, scene on the highway, but have it kind of going in reverse. Yeah, where one of the cars is working backwards while <laughs> other cars are, are moving forwards. And it's like, honestly, like, how they're able to accomplish that is fucking incredible. I don't even want to think about how that was filmed. It, I, I mean, I, are, the, are the actors uh, doing everything backwards and then they kind of run it forward? Because John David Washington, he's kind of got this really jerky, weird, yeah. jerky motion. And then to choreograph... Because some of it's in force. One guy's going forward, one guy's going backwards. So one guy's in reverse, the other guy... And so sometimes whoever has the upper hand is kind of like, if the backwards guy is kind of winning the fight, then it looks like it's going backward. It, it's, yeah. I don't know how you possibly choreograph and film that. Some of the amazing... So, like, the, the hand-to-hand combat fight in that silo, the, the plane silo or whatever, the yeah. terminal, uh, that was an incredible moment. I thought the the scene when they have the split scene, um, the red and the blue... I did not... I, I'm that, that was lost. so crazy, but it was it was the interrogation the, where yeah. he was trying to get information from across. That's the, one that I gotta rewatch again. Yeah. Um, a, a, a scene that I really liked was the raid trying to get into that tunnel and like the the buildings are exploding and uh, and, and yeah, reassembling so based on like visual. the perspective of like what team you were following. Like that stuff was just was just insane and also the plane like the plane moment in general like that was just some good Nolan just like what about like he comes out and he's like this big giant tanker and he's looking over this like bay and like he's mad and then we pan across the ocean we see this giant fucking ship just going in reverse all the the birds and he's just kind of trying to walk out it's like just this massive spectacle that huge yeah, canvas. The but, birds are like moving in yeah. reverse and everything, and, and yeah, that's the first time where you're getting the perspective of him as an inverted person versus somebody that's dealing with inverted people. I can see obviously taking your camera out, filming, and then running that in reverse. But then, how are you? How do you have a guy walking forward, projecting into, into, into that, that environment? Yeah, I guess green screen. I I don't. Man, I'm so bad. I mean, this has been super helpful just t- talking it out. Yeah, I, honestly, and I think that's where a lot of people who might be listening are probably at where it's just like how do we work out this plot and and I guess that's like the thing that you have to commend about Nolan is that like in a world of fucking sequel towns and like very basic storytelling this guy takes fucking massive budgets and he's like no I'm gonna tell the most complicated fucking story I can and like I'm gonna but also kind of force people to come keep coming back and rewatching it and you know what you're going to it's going to be enticing enough Hopefully, at least for him, yeah. it's going to be enticing enough where people are going to want to continuously watch it to unpack it. Yeah, is this confusing? Is it entertaining? C- can you be completely frustrated and confused and also entertained? And that's, I guess that's the, the the question in this movie, Matt. And my thing is, if I were more invested in the actual character's journey, 
then I would want to watch this like six or seven times. I just didn't get connected enough no. in the protagonist or even the woman, like with her son. And it was like, okay, she's I, kind of yeah. the emotional core of the movie with her son. But like, I'm not like invested in the relationships enough to like really fucking care. And I think he does great. He He's always done, he's obviously obsessed with time and time travel. I think he does really great work creating suspense around time. Yeah. Whether it's, uh, Tom Hardy with the with the the watch strapped in Dunkirk and like he's running out of fuel and like mm-hmm. that's creating urgency. Um, obviously, Memento, but like with with this movie, like they're constantly flashing to watches and like it's like we've got ten minutes or ten seconds. Like she's killed him. We've got ten seconds. to Forty five seconds. Go. Yeah, and, and it's the- just and it's like so he creates a lot of urgency around time and constantly keeps you aware of time in his movies. Yeah. Uh, the the Joker like you've got an hour like like there's just always like a time constraint with this and and that's that's honestly how you create suspense and urgency in a movie but and yeah stakes I I just think that to your point about like I, I guess with Don David Washington and I the actress name who plays the uh, almost like the Bond girl yeah uh, if you will I I didn't buy that he was invested I, I don't yeah. get what why did he care so much yeah why is he, he had one fucking dinner with her and now all of a sudden risk my life to make sure that yeah because really it's it's him helping her because he's got to go steal that picture to get her off the hook and get her back with her son like that's why he's like trying to steal the picture that's why he's using his resources and then he's like getting because well he also wants to use her to get close yeah to that's him. what I was like maybe I missed it maybe it was just he's just using her because he needs someone that can distract him for that five minutes. Yeah, but then, but then he gets invested in in helping her, and so yeah, that's why, like, if if, if it, that's why the moment on the on the highway, like, if he doesn't care about her with the gun to the head, and his job is duty over like personal feelings, then. Well, she, she's got to survive the whole movie so she can pretend to be herself, come back from the boat, but she she's herself in the future masquerading as herself in the past and the only yeah. way to pull that off is to kind of bring her along through the whole thing so i get that if it's just like needing this woman but i didn't are they supposed is he supposed to be in love with her i, I yeah, yeah it's, I, it doesn't hit and so but like the fact that like honestly like i didn't even get like super invested in like patterson at the end where it's like don't go back in there and he's like hey like it is reality like whatever has is, is happening has happened and yeah like it's this kind of like sweet but like sad moment but it's also like i barely know anything you know nothing about these characters the backstory very little about what motivates them right. and so i'm just like i don't fucking care the the bollywood actress that kind of plays the the, the head of the organization somehow well, or she's, she's the one that she's uh, the one she's the link that gets him to the arms She's the link to the person making the bullets, right? Yeah, but then that's that's how he finds Kenneth Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so then, then, but then they keep checking in with her. and she... Well, because he wants, to, at the end of the movie, he wants to be like, hey, never tell me about Kenneth Branagh so that, I, that he can't steal that piece of machinery from me. Like, if I don't inject myself into that plot, he can't possibly right. finish his mission. And she's like, no, I can't do that, blah, 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 and that's why he kills her. Right. And she's also trying to kill Tying the girl the titles. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like... I, again, like, really complicated. I commend, I absolutely commend the balls that it takes to try to make movies like this. And he's constantly making original content and, mm-hmm. like, constantly pushing it. And, like, what he does in terms of the spectacle, fucking killer. But I just, 
I always am going to want to care about the fucking people in the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's and more I complicated didn't. than Inception, and it's less emotionally uh, captivating. Uh, I, Inception is the closest comp we have for this movie, and it's more successful. It's kind of... Well, and it's got more emotion in it. Yeah, yeah. It's just cooler and more fun. And this one is just almost like... There, there was this great review um, I caught before having seen it. It's like it's like trying to do a math problem while cars are crashing all around you and you can't remember what the variable that you're trying to conjugate is. Or That's what, a great uh, way to like, phrase it, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and, uh, and so, like, I think if you're just watching it and you... Honestly, you're just like looking for cool camera tricks. Like that's you're gonna get your it, your uh, itch scratched here. But yeah, oh man, I think people are gonna I think people are gonna be adverse to this movie at the end. Oh, I for don't... sure. I mean, like at the at the hour mark, I was like, "Fuck, man, come on, like, give me a break." This is exhausting. But yeah. then by the end, I was like, "Ooh, I kind of want to go back and rewatch." And yeah. so I want to ask you. I mean, like, do you plan to see it again in theaters? Not in theaters. I'm going to rewatch. Oh, fuck. Maybe I'll You're going to wait for three else. months. Yeah, there's nothing else coming out. This isn't coming out to VOD anytime soon. I might watch it again in theater and, and see if I make new discoveries and if more light bulbs go off, which I'm certain will. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand it in its in its base form. Um, and there's going to be like little... I think this is going to be one of those Easter egg ones where you're like, oh, like yeah. that fucking line unlocks gotcha. this yeah, fucking yeah. mystery. And, I think and it's he gonna likes be, the mystery. It's going to be... A, I mean, Memento's fun to rewatch. The, this one won't be as fun. You'll be like, okay, I finally fucking get it. I just had to watch it three times. Yeah. It's going to be like a... Oh great! It's it's like kind of like a person's like you gotta watch this show. Give it two seasons, then it really picks yeah. up. You're like fuck you, yeah. Fuck you, just give me twenty four hours of your time. <laughs> yeah. and, but, right, but and that's kind of what, what you're what he's asking us to do here, and, and he's using a lot of liberty. Well, that's that. what's kind of the genius of it. In a time where like the movie theaters can only sell twenty five percent of the tickets, it helps that people want to come back to rewatch because yeah. then it kind of recoups their cost. It'd be really in- interesting to see how much money this makes and what what would be a success for, for yeah. Warner Brothers. I mean, because, like, Trolls World Tour made, what, uh, $100 million and just went straight to VOD, and everyone's like, fuck, should we just send just all of our movies? But Trolls World Tour is not, like, a 70-millimeter def- tenant. This is definitely one that you want to see in the theater. Do you think that people will be able to watch this movie and not compare it directly to Inception? Because you no already way. did it. There's no way. No, there's no way. You have to. It's it's so the visual and the time. There's the the two main pillars of both films. Uh-huh. Um, the, the distortion of time and and uh, and rel- relativity and, and just visual mm-hmm. s- set pieces. The, yeah. the, those are the two biggest things in both movies. Yeah, there's and no way just to not compare. In- Inception is. And I can't even believe I'm saying this, but Inception is the simpler movie. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. And the more the more emotionally satisfying movie, in my opinion. Don John David Washington, do you think he's a good actor? Yeah, I think he does well in this movie. I I mean, because I think Leo is more successful. I I, I think well, Robert Leo. I think Robert Pattinson was a better was a better in this. He he's interesting because uh, what. Um, What's was the Ku Klux Klan movie? The Black Klansman. Black Klansman. Um, he's not revolutionizing acting, but he kind of brings a different energy, right? Mm-hmm. He's kind of, uh, you know, we just studied Brando. Brando like kind of brought in um, a conversational sort of speech. Yeah, realism. Realism. A naturalistic. A naturalistic approach. approach. This guy is kind of going like like uber naturalistic, where he's 
He's not. He's not doing. He's not doing the movie actor naturalism. He's just doing regular people on the street naturalism. Yeah, it's almost like a if a real guy were were doing. Yeah, it. but then it's weird when he's in a movie like this where it's heightened. You need and to hit the fucking. You, yeah, there's no room for. Well, it's just it's got style to it, so it's weird when you bring like a, an incredibly natural approach to a movie that's so stylized. Yeah, like this is not before midnight. Yeah, yeah. You you can't just be wandering around and we'll find it. Yeah, you got you have like two seconds. Like the the line that always comes back to me, and a guy who like really understood the style of the movie he was in was Tom Hardy in Inception, where it's you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Yeah, and it's like that's like I love like Hardy. that's not natural, but like in that movie, in that world, it's like yes, yeah, right. And even Pattinson's giving you a little bit of that, right? Like well, Pattinson looks exactly like Christopher Nolan in the movie. A little bit, yeah, actually. Um, a little bit of fan theory is that. The, the son that's always being referenced, that Pattison is actually the son. So oh, so it's... Because, okay. like, by the time John David Washington were to have, like, really formed a relationship, like, that about... Is, Pattison's about that age, and that, like, obviously he would be inspired in the world to go back. The, the son of Kenneth Branagh? Yeah. Don't, don't we see, like, a, a little boy as a son? Yeah, you and see a little grown-up guy? I don't think speaks. you see the grown-up guy. Isn't there like oh maybe that was just like a henchman or a, or yeah. a butler or something? Uh-huh. Um, anyway, just yeah, uh, really fascinating. Um, so much to just talk for hours about it, which I guess yeah. is I mean, it's not it's it's worthwhile of discussion. So I think I guess it's successful. I'm going to call it successful. Also, probably my second least favorite after because I. Um, me and you have been very vocal, but I, I did not like Interstellar. Um, yeah. You did. Um, but I think this is kind of interstellary to me, where it's like, commend you, great risks, great visuals. But, I didn't care about any me. of your characters, yeah. so I'm out. You lost me. I haven't watched Interstellar again. I think I will watch this one a couple more times, but I, I'm going to put it as kind of a second-tier Nolan Mm-hmm. But still, also like second tier Nolan is still fucking rad. Yeah, like, it's I'm I'm about it. You know, like it's I, different, man. It's yeah. different, and I and I'm always gonna sign up for that. Even if there's gonna be some that hit with me and some that don't. I really like Dunkirk. I didn't like Interstellar. Obviously, this one is kind of more Interstellar than it than it was some of the other ones that I like. But I still loved it. Like I still like it. You know. Yeah, it's it sits at a seventy eight percent Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it, it's so hard to just give this a good or a bad review. Um, so that score doesn't really mean anything. I I would say it's more in like a in line with an eighties eighty percentile. Yeah, it, I think like it's, a B. A yeah, B. it's like floating around where it should be. And yeah, um, frustrating, confusing, uh, challenging. Challenging is, the word. Yeah. is a great word, but ultimately uh, engaging in a entertainment value sort of way. Yeah, um, lots to fucking yeah, lots to fucking thing. I need to go like I need to have somebody that's wiser than me break down some of the things I'm missing with this plot. Like, I think I got, I think I understand it, but... I'm almost there. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, scratching the surface. Yeah. It's, like, it's honestly... The, the, the math problem that you said was was, was a great analogy because it feels like a, a like like some sort of uh, equation that I'm working down through and yeah, I'm, like, yeah. missing oh, a piece. And like, yeah, it's, like, what's the fucking... What's what, the what quadratic that? formula again? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, that was, like, ten years ago. Yeah. Um, I, before we sign off, there is a line in the movie that is the only way for someone to kind of approach watching this where someone goes, like, you can't think about it, you just have to feel it. And that's the only way you get through that first hour. Yeah. Where it's just like, I, all right, leap and the net will appear. It's like bungee yeah. dumping. You're like, just just absorb and just like don't try to figure it out. 
just, that's, yeah, yeah, you just gotta, you gotta really have faith that it's gonna come together, and, and I think both of us, I turned to you an hour and said, what the fuck? What, you, what and, the fuck? But, it, it came together a little bit, and that final act, I think, does, does give you some payoff, like, just, yeah, the suspense, the, the everything together, I was about it, and I think the car chase was, was worth the price of admission, like, that fucking car chase was incredible. Car chase was cool, I still don't really understand it, and who was coming from where, and, like, yeah. That, but yeah, yeah. But anyway. second and third watch. So. Right, exactly. Great. Uh, all right, cool, man. Well, that was a lot of fun. This could be in the studio. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah. All right, we'll sign off with a little uh, Travis Scott. Gr- I mean, great soundtrack yeah. as well. So we'll come on and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll bounce out of here and uh, we'll we'll tone ourselves down and turn the music up and give you some gunfire. So <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Watch your hands. Stay safe. Till the next time. Bye. Bye. I didn't went back in myself, felt like hell, fuck I risked it, pace yourself, how you living, know you thrilling, officing it, how I got my stripes and pendants back and out in the street, born this wild, let it be, rage is out, got